Hello and welcome to a completely unedited episode of Kids Get Acquainted with the Internet, a Girl Meets World podcast. I'm Dan. I'm Caitlin. And I'm Keith. And today we're talking about Season 2, Episode 2, Girl Meets the New World. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right, it's a so brand just to re- new world, everyone. <laughs> yeah, it is. Just to reiterate, in case you didn't hear our Girl Meets Gravity episode, during this crazy premiere week, we are doing unedited live-ish episodes of the podcast where we... Mini-sodes, talk- at least they're yes. mini-sodes for us. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so maybe they'll be 40 minutes instead of two hours. Whoa. But- I, that's I, what happened yeah. last time. Yeah. Yeah, it is. <laughs> All right, so let's just kick things off by grading the new world. Keith, how would you grade this new world of ours? So this might be a curveball, but ooh, I'm gonna give it a solid A. Ooh, that wasn't a curveball because I heard how much you liked it, but that's good. What? What are your reasons? Um, I really, I almost have this weird paranoia that I feel that the writers listened to our podcast and went in. <laughs> Fixed everything that we talked about that was problematic, and addressed Confirmed. it very, addressed it very like clinically, and then declared it in these breaking the fourth wall jokes, which is becoming a new trend on the show that mm. I'm enjoying. I don't know how long they can keep this up, but for the time being, I'm really enjoying the kind of out of universe jokes that they're throwing in, how they're running through the uh, hypothetical uh, plots and and, and yeah, rehashing scenarios. the old plots and yeah. being like jabbing at themselves well, like that. It's 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 even more than just at themselves. It's also at like sitcoms in general. It's just poking at the tropes exactly, of, yeah. of stuff stuff like, oh, he's gonna find a dog and then a hot guy's gonna find it. <laughs> but he's stuff. gonna move away because she can't yeah. be happy. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I, I did think that was I, I I wanna have a larger discussion about that, but first Caitlin, what did you think of this episode? Uh, so my grade is going to be uh, B, B+. Plus. I I don't know how specific you want me to get, but I had one major problem which brought it down for me, and a very minor problem that I'm mostly past now, and otherwise right. it would have been closer to Keith's grade. Alright, well can you just, you can just say your thing, and then we'll move on and we'll get get back to okay. it. Okay. Say like in a couple sentences. Um, I wasn't really a fan of Maya's... Uh, interaction with Farkle uh, just about the ring. I actually did like Maya and Farkle in the classroom scene. I thought they did mm-hmm. well there. I thought that was some of Corey Fogelmanis' best work, other than the Muffin episode, which is still my favorite episode of him. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just was not a fan of what she was doing with the ring. And I can see some other points of views on that, but I don't know. For me, it just was not working. Alright. I'm gonna go into my grading now. We'll come back to that. Okay. Uh, so... <sighs> I think I'm in sort of the B plus A minus range. So, so you're in the middle probably, of us. <laughs> yeah, so I, I think that uh, this is probably the first time that Keith is significantly above the two of us. Oh, definitely. Uh, <laughs> so I think that's funny. Curveball. Um, I, I really, really want to give a shout out as far as I loved the use of Darby and Sarah. I thought that was like. Oh my god, Darby. They gave them, like, a lot. Yeah. Like a, right. they, they gave them character names. They gave them, like, ongoing... This was, like, a really good thing. Like, I thought they might just get the opening lines of, like, did you kiss? Or, what, like, what we saw in the promo, I thought yeah. might, might be it. Uh, but it, like, went on. They really brought in that uh, whole Yogi thing. Uh, yeah. like, <laughs> Yogles. <interesting. laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, so I really liked that. Um, I It made me like Rukus in a way that I didn't expect. Um, <laughs> and so I... I was talking to Caitlin earlier before Keith came on about how similar to 
last uh, yesterday's episode how how my earlier issues with Sforsky kind of hurt this episode. Uh, to me, uh, Riley and Lucas in this episode were really strong, and the only thing that really hurt them was that they haven't been in the past, and that like they talk about about oh we've been such good friends we've t- we were so easy for us to talk in the past, and <laughs> we haven't really seen them be great friends. We haven't really Super seen them talk. Honestly, this was by far the longest they've interacted on the show without other people around. Mm. So, like, this to me sounds like the beginning of their friendship, not the beginning of, like, any... I mean, which obviously is also a part of the story, but we're supposed to be seeing them continue to be amazing friends, whereas it didn't really come off that way to me. Um, yeah, so I, I, I mean, I thought the... We, none of us have really talked about the Augie plotline. I thought that that was uh, a lot stronger than usual. Yes, uh, I was it wasn't, yeah, I, wasn't I was, like my favorite ever, but I thought it was pretty I good. I was entirely able to get into the Augie plotline and enjoy mm-hmm. it, which is definitely a good thing. And I thought that Augie was strong in this episode. Um, yeah. I thought Topanga was really strong in this episode. This is yeah, the, this totally is the best Topanga episode by far that we've had yet. Probably, yeah. I have to think about that for a while, but yeah, I can see, I can definitely see an argument because being made what for we that. have <laughs> here is we have Topanga as a good character in the Girl Meets universe, but also um, in a way that is entirely believable as the same Topanga from the Boy Meets universe, but in a way that's grown up just enough where she has to sort of relearn some of the same lessons with a different twist, yeah. like she's taking a refresher course on her perfection lessons. But then, there's, mm. but then there's a take back. Then it's like, I'm just kidding. And there's a couple different take yeah. backs, which is nice. Yeah. Uh, I do... Okay. I, I hate saying anything negative about actors on this because I know people get so upset when you say things about actors. But at this point, like in this episode, to me, the only thing that held me back as far as Topanga was I still feel like Daniel Fischel's acting is not in the right zone. I don't... It, it still feels like there's something a little too... She's awkward with kids. She, it, it she, feels... she smiles too big. Is that what it is? Yeah. Yes. She, she She's going too... for the TV sitcom, Mom. Yeah, and I and this like from a lot of episodes, I really thought it was writing, and it still could be directing. I don't know how they're directing her, but I still don't feel like he's at ease. There's because the reason I say that is because there's once in a while there'll be a line or an expression she makes, and I go, oh. Look at there's Topanga. He's being Topanga, not this awkward person. And so that like shows me that the other times he's being this awkward, weird. Oh, I don't well, know. What it is, I, it's, it's in the moments where she's trying to be too complacent. It's when mm-hmm. she's kind of trying to fit this passive role, and when she feels the most like Topanga is when she has this sort of antagonistic thing. You know, whether yeah. it's about the perfection or if it's it's against Corey or whatever, but. Um, that's when she's more comfortable and she's taking this mildly antagonistic role. Yeah. yeah I, so I, I don't want, I definitely don't want to harp on that, but it was, it did sort of stick out to me. I, I think that overall though, that storyline was, was definitely one of their stronger. It was interesting to me too, though, as far as, uh, it really felt like a Disney Channel plot to me, not necessarily a bad way. It felt like something about that entire plot line could easily be on Liv and Maddie. And, uh, it, which I don't think is a bad thing, but it just really reminded me of Liv and Maddie. Um, that's interesting that you say that because I actually thought that the, although the plot was a lot less organic and less homey as like a Boy Meets World thing, I thought it yeah. stayed really true to the um, the episode that is one of the canons, 
Corey and uh, Topanga first dates, which is the the sock basketball game, the Mother's mm-hmm. Day episode. I thought that it was actually one of the better lessons we've had in a while because I thought it was. Oh no no! Nice... I'm talking specifically about uh, the sub the Augie sub subplot, not the whole show. Oh. Yeah, yeah. No, I I think that the I totally agree with you as far as the basketball thing and the whole. Let's talk about the main plot here. Let's talk <coughs> about the whole Rukus thing. I think that um I think it worked really well. I totally agree with you. It totally fit in with the whole basketball thing from Boy Meets World. Mm-hmm. I, I I would say it's. Some of the best character interactions that we've ever had on this show. That, that- and also Peyton and Rowan's <laughs> yeah. acting was phenomenal tonight. And oh, yeah. they had chemistry. Yeah. Yes. And yeah. And and I think this is by far, in my opinion, Lucas's best episode. Uh, I I I loved him. I I obvi- also can we just spotlight for a second the basketball monologue oh, and how fantastic oh it was. Loved it so much. That that's, that's her like Emmy. That's her Emmy moments right well, there. That was literally <laughs> the most incredible thing. I watched it like four times. I went yeah. back. That was so good. And the best thing about that was it was such a spectacular turn of expectation. The delivery, yeah. how tentative it was up until that point, and the awkwardness, and then just like bursting forward with that. It was a huge, it was a great turn of expectation, which it seems like they're trending towards using a lot of those things very successfully yeah. in the show. And I kind of want to see Riley like sitting on the couch watching sports with Alan. <laughs> yeah, totally. I completely agree. And I, I really also, we say so many negative things about gender representation. Let's just point out that's awesome. Yeah, and, I know. Uh, uh, I also, I want to know if Rowan is into basketball because that field felt so natural that I almost think that he was just being Rowan. And I, maybe if he isn't, then she's an amazing actress. I, I have, well, I do have a feeling that part of that monologue, like whether, you know, the feeling behind it or whatever mm-hmm. was um, put in place because of Rowan. Like she wanted something that made Riley this less stereotypical, less ditzy girl and had like something, you know, that, broke the gender stereotypes whether that's something that rowan's actually into who knows but maybe it was rowan's idea that you know like this is something that could work yeah i I love how she's pushing the character to be more assertive but i'm really enjoying the way that we're having just like in demolition we have the best of both the best of both worlds just like hannah montana (laughs) as dan's gonna say exactly exactly um where at the beginning we have riley being the sort of like shy timid super awkward geeky like kind of not really in control of anything and by the end she comes full circle and she's totally in control she's the one that makes all the the bold statements she's the one that comes in at the end and says you know actually says to the class you know like we're not going to do the pressure we're going to be who we are she gave that amazing the basketball monologue and so I'm really enjoying that, that they're taking that and they're using that successfully because they're maintaining her character for comedic purposes in the, in the way that it's been successful in the way we love and also taking it to a new direction by giving her their agency, making her an empowered character and getting the job done as far as the lesson goes, as far as the story goes and just doing yeah. what she needs to do by the end. And also, I love that the whole, quote-unquote, her and Lucas breaking up, they went out for maybe five hours, um, yeah. <laughs> was, was long, mutual. Longer, longer, yep, okay. longer than Maya and Exactly, Lucas. that's what I was going to say. <laughs> that's true. But I, I just like that it was so mutual, it was so casual, there was no, like, crying or anything like that. It was not, it was, you know, it was simple. Well, I love, it was actually I love how Topanga a, a made better... them do it. Yeah, yeah. That too. 
it was also it, it's coming to coming to. I mean, we'll see where it goes. But it seems like a more natural way to do what they did in season two of Boy Meets World, where like in season two of Boy Meets World, if if we were critiquing that season, like going episode by episode, we would be like. Wow, they just shared this really big moment, Cory and Topanga, and then Topanga's gone for multiple episodes. <laughs> Where, so, like, this seems like a more organic way to, like, okay, they like each other, things will probably happen, but, like, if for another app, if for one random episode she likes someone else, it doesn't seem totally weird, or, like, if they just, if Lucas isn't around for a little bit, it's not totally weird. So, I, I think that that was a really good way of handling it, if they didn't want to go all in right away with their inner relationship. Right. It also, it's also nice, because it, it mirrors more, the way that they're progressing this uh, this whole dating thing mirrors more of what I know in and from my personal experience of how dating actually evolves through the grades. As far as like seventh grade, they like 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 people but don't really know what to do about it. Eighth grade, it's like maybe things are happening, but it's more of a big deal. Whereas in Boy Meets World, seventh grade, everyone was dating everyone, and it was just totally normal, and that didn't really <laughs> feel that never really felt super real to and, me. Yeah, but and that was I don't because know. of the retro kind of connotations of it. You know? Yeah. And I, I mean, I depend I totally. I mean, sure, everybody's a personal experiences are different there, but also I like how we had that sort of reverse lesson where um, Riley said, you know, pressure can turn things into diamonds, and then Topanga's is like, it can also turn it into dust. Yeah, it's like <laughs> it's like okay, like you almost think that you're gonna go in like, oh, well, you know, if you, if you just stick with something, it'll work out, which really yeah. <laughs> isn't a good lesson to Topanga kind of snapping them into reality. Yeah. And I don't. I, I want to talk more about the Darby Sarah scene because I just love. I it. love when uh, Darby <laughs> like... picks up Lucas. Yeah, go. Oh yes, yes. yes. that was what I was gonna say. That's my favorite part. Was they call her, they go Darby, and then they're like, <laughs> "That was yeah. really great." And like that, she's so tall. <laughs> she is so tall. Yeah. I didn't realize how tall she was because she's always yeah. she's usually sitting down. Well, she is. Um, I I did think she was tall when she picked up Lucas, but then I double checked. Mm. She is shorter than Lucas when he stood up. Oh. Okay. Yeah. Also, they have her with yogles. So, and he's yeah. a very small child. The only okay. The only thing that the only real issue that I have with yogles is, is that the act. I want to know how old the actor is because I understand the idea of like he's way shorter than her, but why can't he still look the right age? He looks to me like he's dating like a, an eight year old or something. Yes, <laughs> that's actually what I was thinking too. <laughs> I mean, I liked that she goes, "We're weird. They're adorable." I, I mean, that was kind of fun. Mm-hmm. I also really liked that Sarah spoke in the classroom scene too. Penelope. And it felt, I like the way she said. it felt really um, believable what? in the way that it was her real life sister kind of chiming in in this way and kind of teasing her. Yeah, I, it made me wonder if there was actually some true reason why that was the name they chose. Like that actually had some sort of history mm. in her real life. Keith, Keith made me look up if that was her middle name. Uh, it's it's not. Okay. No, but I can see why you'd say that because you wouldn't think, like, Penelope is not a name that it ever make fun of, but it was still funny. Like, Penelope's a nice name. I think it's a cute name, yeah. Yeah. But you can see uh, why a character like Maya would not want to let people know that yeah. her name no, is. No, no, I'm not saying, I totally think the joke worked, but I wouldn't have expected that to be the name they'd pick out yeah. as the joke name. Like if- <laughs> Clutter Bucket. Yeah. Yeah. I come from a long line of clutter buckets. <laughs> um, um, actually, one thing I, you reminded me of, I have to mention, is we have here the first time we've ever seen Farkle and Maya actually being friends. 
Yeah. That scene mm-hmm. that we, you know, were, that was the reveal from Farkle's little outburst. That was the first time I've genuinely enjoyed Farkle as a believable character. I really I, liked that scene because when Corey started, which is what sparked Farkle and Maya, and he's just talking about the new world, and she, Riley's like, Lucas, what did you tell him? And he's like, nothing, I'm uncomfortable too. And then she yes, reads her sex great. ed book out loud. Oh my god, and that I, was amazing too. And oh, oh, and the dirty, semi-dirty joke from Farkle when he's like, I don't want to go to page 73, it seems impossible. Yes. Like, <laughs> great slip-in joke there. I really liked that. Was whole, that a joke? Like, that whole scene was yeah. No one caught oh, that. Man. That's all right. Oh, I caught. I, I I agree. I saw. I heard what you said, Keith, and I agree. With you. I'm gonna go with yes. All right. <laughs> so that was all. I mean, that was so good. There's so many good things. It's like it's like night and day from last season. Really. Yeah, and I think yeah, I mean, if you one watch, of the biggest things it is is they're they're like very directly addressing issues. Very directly. Well, so, okay, well, how how can you expand on that? Like, what issues do you think they're very directly well, addressing? At the beginning, how they're poking, they're running through the hypothetical things, and they're. I really feel like they were poking fun at Farkle's choice in a huge way. When he came in with that, a, he, a he only had thing. two concert tickets. Uh, Which one of you is going to go with me? Yeah. You know, and and, the, and okay. they, how they ran through it so quickly, and they they did all those things. Yeah. How they ran through the thing where Augie comes in, he says, "Oh, I have a problem." Uh, oh, like, well, oh yeah, I, I, I'm here to deal with it and I was like no that's more of your mother's thing you're right yeah go go talk to mom I, actually <laughs> what I, more specifically I'm here to deal with it all day yeah <laughs> yeah um, so uh, also also that they were like we'll check on in on it one or two times tops right, doesn't yeah. seem like that big a they deal did, <laughs> they did a lot of things that I felt that I honestly I, I feel like it's weird paranoia that like they're directly talking about the things that we told them to change <laughs> Because yeah, is... Michael Jacobs is listening to the podcast confirmed. Well, That's okay. why he doesn't talk to us on Twitter. I don't I, I, I don't know how you guys feel, but whether or not they listen to the podcast, I do think that the community that we have building around us in this podcast has directly informed the direction of season two. I don't agree with that. Uh, I mean, I'm not saying it's impossible, but I also think that, look. They proved in Boy Meets World that they are intelligent writers, and that it's very possible that they realized that there were issues in season one as they were writing it. But it was just hard to start a new show, and with these, with Disney coming in, and maybe it's also very possible that Disney backed off once they were a hit. Uh, and like, I don't. I know mean, we also what... probably aren't the only people slash yeah. only community that is having the same issues. I think we are definitely very vocal about it, but. Um, yeah, no, you know we can't. The writers might also be listening to other people because season one they did with no feedback almost at all. Yeah, yeah. It, I, I mean, I so I, I season two that... they have so much feedback to deal with and pick at and you know choose from to deal with. Seeing I mean, I would be believing. very believing is seeing. <laughs> <laughs> I would be very honored if they actually took things we said and and learned from them. That would be amazing. They'll never but tell I think, us though. I, I think it's more likely that other people agreed with uh, other people also had the same feelings and enough people were saying the same things that they, they might have listened to them. Uh, but let, let's let, let's talk a little bit about the Farco Maya thing because Corey Fogelmanis' voice is so much deeper. Sorry, yes, I really so had to point much, that but out. Yeah, noticeably. It's yeah. it's significantly, especially in the initial bay window scene when he pops yeah. up. I, I like popped. I had, 
I had seen that opening scene, which, by the way, that's a great opening scene. Uh, I saw that before even Gravity, and so that was my first time hearing him speak in season two, was him saying, like, hello or whatever, and I was like, whoa. (laughs) (laughs) Hello, Lucas. I want to hear Farkle say hello, Lucas. What was the funny Farkus thing? Farkley or something? Oh, um... Yeah. How do they get it so sparkly, Farkley, or something like that? Yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> All right, so I wanted to say something about Farkle. I, 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 before I say anything, else, this is nothing about Corey Fogelman at all. I actually think he's doing a fantastic job with the character he's given. But uh, I do kind of cringe every time he's about to say something or do something. And that's just because and i don't even necessarily i'm not even necessarily gonna say that what he did this episode was not that good it's just that i am now so scared of anything he's gonna do and (laughs) and what like and how it's gonna make me feel (laughs) And, and so yes this is mostly from previous episodes but like he makes it stressful to walk his character him having existing on the show makes it stressful for me to walk before caitlin chimes in (laughs) I just have to, so... Whoa! No, because there's a reason. I'm opening up a discussion here. That is how I used to feel in a big way. Mm -hmm. Um, This is the episode for me that, especially me not having watched Farkle's Choice and just knowing about it, this episode... (laughs) This episode, because of the interaction with Maya at the beginning, showing that they actually do have a significant bond as friends, and were able to have that banter... um, And I do think the humor that he delivered was much more effective. And it definitely comes from a different place in this episode. It's less cheap humor for me. And this uh, is definitely the best Farkle episode for me so far. And this has kind of sold me that they can take his character and turn turn him around for me. Okay, but you have to be more specific than that. Like, what actually is different for you? He seems less sporadic. He seems... He seems more tangible as a character. Um, he when he says when he says a line, I feel like it's coming from his character and not coming from the writers needing to inject something crazy and zany out of the ether and using him to facilitate that. I think that I really enjoyed that whole thing where he was in the classroom and he was like giving dropping these hints to Corey, and then there was that sort of like um, you know just between between uh this is live come on man. <laughs> <laughs> bring it in okay. bring it home. think about that for a second i'm just gonna say a few things about it before caitlin says her piece what the? Uh, <laughs> which is why am that... i being held back well <laughs> you're being held back no because because I, you'll see uh, well so <gasps> i i <laughs> i think that I, I don't I, I, I want to say at least that I had no issue with this plot line and that I don't even and that I also think that it definitely helps that now he's specifically directed to Maya and not between Maya and Riley. That's a big shift and that's good. And it also does help that now Maya is somewhat having hints of actually reciprocating the feelings a little bit. That helps as far as the current moment. The problem is that I still... I can't let go of the past. And that that switching from the past to the possibility of Maya actually liking him back is really uncomfortable for me. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to have that future. So I realized for myself, I enjoy Fargo in the antagonistic role. And that's when I think he's being funny. When he was sort of mocking and teasing... Riley and Lucas by tag teaming with Maya 
and trying to, you know, let Corey know what happened, and when he was with Lucas, kind of pressuring Lucas, I just... The the other Maya scenes, I didn't really enjoy, and it wasn't even necessarily Farkle, I just didn't really like the concept of those scenes, and building off of what Dan said in regards to the past, I'm very similar in the way that I still need Farkle to learn his lesson about what he did wasn't right in the past, uh, to more organically and just comfortably flow for me in the future, because I don't want to send the message to the younger viewers uh, regardless of gender, you know, that, that all those interactions were just okay and you should, you know, go for the guy that does all those things. Yeah, and I, I'm going to say, so, A, I agree with you, but I'm also willing to be even more moderate than that in that I would be okay, I wouldn't be happy, but I'd be okay with them just dropping him liking either of them and just, he doesn't necessarily learn the lesson, but at least we don't have it shift from him doing these things to them liking him. I just really don't want that. And I, even even if maybe that happens eventually, I'd just rather them shift away from him liking them just for a character thing. I don't want that to be his character, mm-hmm. is that he's he's in love with Maya now, and he's sort of maybe liking him, and he's being really intense about it. I, I, I'd rather just see him as a dictator or whatever, you know? Yeah. Also, I just, like, even regardless, um, however much I can put this aside... I will admit that it's, you know, I have bias. I just don't ship Farkle and Maya, even if he wasn't such a creep. I don't know. I just, I don't feel it as far as a romantic thing. I don't know that we're supposed to anymore. Like, even as a potential int. But I don't even feel, like, I don't know. There, I think there are some people who would see this episode and think that, because even as a potential antagonistic thing, like, I don't see that the same way I see Leia. Uh, so, I... Completely disagree with you, Keith. I think this is 100% a beginning shipping episode for the two characters. Even, even, and it's and it's a it's a long road to go kind of beginning where it's like obviously there's a lot more to go. But just a the line that the the line that really bothered me was Maya saying that after he kissed her hand, he had to stop and think about life for a while, and and b just the fact that yes, he is doing it for the ring. But, like, there's not that much of a leap from doing it for the ring to actually realizing he's a good guy or whatever down the road. See, and the fact that... so okay, I, I'm, The discussion I was trying to open before is that I'm kind of... I have the same base evidence, but I'm taking it from a completely different perspective. Um, one thing I want to start off is when I saw the promos and I saw the whole later half of the episode, Farkle and Maya thing, I was really worried. Mm-hmm. I was really worried what they were going to do, what they were going to say that relationship was, what that interaction was. What I enjoyed from it was, um, after a certain point, I stopped being worried when I got to it in the episode because I found it to be this type of absurdity on on par with, like, season two slash three Sean, where he's just, it's just this sort of, like, ingratiating into the comedy type thing. And I really don't think that line that where she goes, I went home and I had to think things over about everything, had anything to do with a serious, oh, I'm reconsidering my feelings towards him. I think that was just a zinger. I think that was just a one-liner. I think the whole point of that and the power behind that was in Maya saying, yes, of course it's ridiculous, but see that now that we're actually behaving and that you can actually believe that we might be friends, I'm making a joke about it because he's no longer actively, actively pursuing in the same serious way, and now I believe that it's a joke. 
I believe that you that the characters kind of understand that it's a joke, and which is why when you have the fake marriage thing after, I get that there's a certain level of her going through and doing the the experiment like oh die oh I love you so much, I mm. I get that is that it's the absurdity of that that kind of feels like a Sean kind of subplot to me, that okay so makes it okay. I totally. I totally ha- don't, again, I don't have an issue with this episode's plot as far as that. I agree. I was saying to Caitlin earlier that I think that it is so over the top and ridiculous that I don't have an issue with this episode, especially because she's doing it for the ring. She's not doing it for Farkle. And so I thought that that all worked fine. And also, yes, it does make Farkle less of a negative character because it's so over the top that you can't even, like, talk about it yeah. in normal terms. For me, but, it's, the but joke. I, it's the joke that makes them bond as friends. But I don't think that you I, – I, it's very hard to argue this because this is just an interpretation of a tone. Mm-hmm. But I don't think the line where Maya says that, A, I, a, I don't think it's so absurd the way the marriage is. And that, B, for me, I read it – I really do read it as here is some like, yes, it's a zinger. But inside that zinger is also a little hint that this might be where we're going. And that really, it really did feel like that way for me, and I can understand why it might not feel that way for you, but I don't think you can argue me feeling that way, because it totally oh, is an I interpretation of tone. Oh, I certainly can. Mm-hmm. How can you argue an interpretation <laughs> because of Because he's Keith. And so, <laughs> as far as this episode goes, so I agree with Keith's interpretation of the line that I feel like it was just my assess. However, I do see this as kind of the episode where we're supposed to have those sort of, like, antagonistic romantic sparks the way that we see, we have seen Leia evolve yeah. in different ways. I, I you know, I don't know. I, I also just wasn't a fan of the way Maya was acting. Now, here's the thing. Sabrina's acting and lines were great. And, you know, I actually did laugh at some of the lines. I just didn't like the concept of the ring. The fact that she's a, a poor girl love, falling in love and becoming a gold digger, right? That's your. She wasn't falling in love. She was just being a gold. Falling digger. in love with 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 money. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that she because there's two stereotypes going on here that she that she is um, of she's under the poverty line or lower income, whatever, and and that she's a woman. And both of those things pe- people play with as tropes all the time, like and as stereotypes that that person would be a gold digger, and so that bothers yeah. me. So, Keith, I was talking to her about this before you came on, and my response to that is I, I don't feel that way at all. Yeah. Uh, that, to me, it comes off as uh, it's clearly so over the top, and they're so young. Uh, and, like I was saying, if it had been they're in college, and he actually asks her out, and he considers it because of the ring, then yes, it would be falling into stereotypes. But this is so absurdist that I almost think it's being satirical about those stereotypes. Right. That, it, um. that it's making fun of the idea of it. And it, yes, he still is a girl who's in love with pretty things, but it's so silly. And, and also we have Riley's monologue in this episode that, and I has also just generally been a feminist right. character in other ways that it doesn't That's bother me. Similar to how I feel. And I think part of it is, yes, we, we don't need to have all the characters be right all the time, especially because we have, in this case, Riley's balancing it out. And in this episode, yeah. Maya really did need to take a back seat from that kind of agency for this to play out. And for me, it's similar to, I just kind of remembered what I wanted to talk about. The episode yeah. where Alan quits his job and Sean is trying to teach Corey how to be poor. Like, oh, you yeah. ate meat, didn't you? They put yes. it in front of me. And so that is definitely playing on stereotypes. So it's doing it in a way where you're watching Sean 
teaching Corey, do you hear the air quotes? Teaching Corey how to yeah. be poor, and all he's doing is continuing to mooch do off you of hear him. The air he's he's kind of he's like he's <laughs> continuing to mooch off of him as if he wasn't poor, which obviously he isn't. He's just you know yeah. he, he's been quit for like his father quit for like three days, mm-hmm. um, and it, it has that kind of weird tone where it's so over the top that like yes, I guess you could call that playing off of stereotypes but it's doing it in a knowing enough way that that like that becomes the joke and for me yeah that's fair playing field because you have to comedy needs to touch on uncomfortable subjects and it needs to do things in ways that you may or may not want to laugh about um yeah. and so i think that in this case yes if this if they were aged up if this was like a really melodramatic moment at all um then it would be extremely problematic. And, and I would be one of the first people to jump right on that. But I yeah. think in this case, I yeah. would side more with what you're talking about, Dan, and that it's it's the yeah. absurdity that is basically making fun of that kind of trope, just how they were making fun of the sitcom tropes at the beginning when they're running through all the hypothetical plots. And I'd actually go even further than you as far as you saying, like, in comedy you have to deal with certain things or whatever. I'd just say just in storytelling – like you yes you want to have positive representation but you can't be like oh this woman can't be shown as vulnerable in any way ever because we need her to be a strong female character and no that's not what i'm saying because maya has been vulnerable for it and Mm. i've liked it um it's just i I don't know i guess it was just that like that we see that kind of thing a lot already that if you could have put a more interest I, i i feel like it could have had a more interesting twist on it or it could have just been something else that where she's not being a perfect character because Maya's never been a perfect character um, yeah I'm, I, I do want to say that I wasn't necessarily pointing that specifically at this one thing I've just been thinking about this a lot lately with with different debates people have been having about female characters and when you uh, I'm specifically thinking about I know you, neither of you have seen it but the fact that in Avengers there's a romantic relationship with the, with one of the female characters and people are just angry that she is in a romantic relationship <laughs> at all and, you can't uh, have love <laughs> because you're a woman and that would be stereotypical that you love people okay. you so, have emotions backing away no, from no, that that's segue not... <laughs> um, yeah. so yeah, yes, no, just... yes the setup of that kind of background marriage thing was arbitrary and I think, yeah. okay, obviously they could have done something else that maybe treaded the line a little differently or maybe didn't address it. But I think it really worked as a nice parallel later on yeah. between um, Riley and Lucas. And that's why I liked it because, yeah. yes, it was funny. But in the end, it was just – it was good – it was a good weird parallel that when the end – when mm-hmm. she comes in at the end, is like, oh, don't – you can't – we're not moving too fast. We're not going to let the pressure define our relationship. And then they walk yeah. through. They walk through. They throw the bouquet. She catches it. They share an awkward look. They pass it back to Darby. Darby just face the lights <laughs> up, and that was great. And you could not have that yeah. moment if you didn't have all the setup. It's not. It really isn't like they spent a lot of screen time on the whole fake marriage thing. They yeah. didn't. This was a really fast-paced, action-packed yeah. episode, just like last episode. And they're getting really good with that. Action-packed. No, well, I mean, yeah. they're fitting so a lot of stories, and I'm enjoying it. Yeah, no, I, the more Keith talks, the more I, I actually, I'm a, at minimum I'm A-, minus. I might actually be A. Because I, I think that all of my issues really are just lingering feelings from the past, be they just about Rukus or they be about... Uh, this was, like this Farkle thing because I do think in this episode it all worked really well. That doesn't change the fact that I still 
I'm going to continue to be on edge whenever Farkle says things. I totally <laughs> get until, that, but I feel better uh, now. Just because, yeah, I, I mean, this, you, so, so one episode of him potentially being not terrible is enough to make you go, oh, now it's going to always be good. Well, it's, it's one <laughs> solid episode followed yeah. by a previously solid episode that shows me that they are listening to feedback, yeah. they're taking this in a good direction. This episode was funny as hell. Last episode yeah. was funny as hell. They seem to be fleshing out his character a little bit more, just enough that his agency in this episode it facilitated it. Um, so I have high hopes. Yeah. No, I, I mean I think course, it worked really well. I, I don't. I don't think we talked quite enough about the Riley and Lucas stuff because I do. I think that the. I really do agree with you that the most ingenious thing here is how down to earth Riley and Lucas were, paralleled with how absurd. The other two were because and Lucas I think is no that... longer perfect in this episode. Yeah. And that's what I love. Lucas jumping Lucas. on the desks. Love Lucas yeah. jumping on the desks and running away Lucas. from Corey was my favorite part yeah. of this episode. Yeah. And that's another one of those things where, like, I almost feel like they're listening because all we ever talk yeah. about is the best Lucas is when he's a nerd, when he's super awkward, when he's not confident, and that is what we had a lot of in this episode, and it worked great. Yeah. And I believe is tomorrow the secret of life. So we're gonna get even more backstory and yes, stuff for Lucas. Yes, it is. Remember. We're gonna learn why he left Texas, and we're gonna meet Zane. Zay. I, I keep hearing sure. this 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 word, and I keep feeling like I'm watching Xenon. Zeke. <laughs> what is it? Zeke. I, no, no. His name is Isaiah, and he goes by Zay. Yeah, which, okay, which I'm is, thinking of like so many different Z things. I don't care what you do. If you have like a Zetus Lapidus. If you have something that begins with a Z. <laughs> Is not a an, an, uh, customary thing to hear, and has like a very. You were gonna per- say it's not a name. And it has a very <laughs> percussive, like like syllable, like it's just it's Zay. Yes. I'm automatically gonna like think Zenon. of Xenon. No matter what you do, <laughs> it's always gonna come back. It could be. It could be. Good to know. It could be like, what if it was Zoo, or like. So I do actually want to say. So I've read an early the first. This is a weird caveat to put i read what the is first... your use of caveat lately i the like la- the word caveat yes, the last month just in <laughs> on the podcast or in regular conversation with me and keith you've been using the word caveat i have a, a rule so no, no, my... i have a rule just like just like when caitlin got mad at us in high school for saying legit all the time and we replaced it with righteous every time oh, no. you want to say caveat say cravat Okay, no. one cravat oh, that I have oh, is, is so uh, so I no so I read in the first half of Secret of Life and, because that was always available. It was the first half, and I think it was an early draft. So I'm sure it will be very different from what we see tomorrow. But and I'm not going to spoil anything here. Don't worry, guys. But I will say it's funny because even from what I read from there, it was the it would be the third episode in a row where I was like, this is really good, but. Something from season one is sticking in my head, and it's not working with things in season from season one. So I'm just really looking forward to like mid season two, where I can just start letting go of season one more, <laughs> and just be like, oh, it's been really good for a while, and they're building off things that are really good. And um, <laughs> I mean, season, Boy Meets World forgot about a lot of things that <laughs> season yeah. one already existed. I'm looking at the Very clock, true. and I'm seeing us rounding out in around forty minutes right now on the recording. And yeah. I uh, we, honestly we're gonna have to close soon, but there's one thing that we haven't mentioned. I'm pretty sure that we really need to. Doi. Yeah. <laughs> oh yes, Doi. <laughs> Doi. <laughs> yes, that was. It was very. It was very funny. I it love Doi. I think it's yes. great because he replaces Ava in a way that kind of pokes fun at that. He's also a really interesting character, and I feel like he's almost like a an Eric character. 
and Eric. I get that, kind of. I would not go that far yet. I, I was not a fan of his screaming. That was but the only I thing. Yes, the idea that, of him. that I did not like, and it made me scared of Doi. And I was like, am I going to like Go- yeah. Doi? At first, I didn't like Doi, and then I started to like Doi. Uh, and honestly, I don't want to see him again. Not because not because I didn't like him, but because if, they, if we saw him again, it would have to be a very different circumstance. Because I don't want to see that joke again. In, in my, the like, same way call, that we run be, through the same yeah, Ava yeah, jokes, yeah. He, he can, st- yeah, he can still be called Doi, and they maybe Topanga grits her teeth. But I, I don't want to see every couple episodes Doi shows up and she's still annoyed, and they keep saying Doi like they sorry or whatever. When he's gonna read him, a, he's calling Koi now. I don't want more and more of those um, jokes. I agree with that. I, I, but were, I don't I, think that means that we can't see Doi. I think Doi's a great character. Yeah. We just I need want to not. To come back. We just need to not fall into the same thing where. In season one, yeah. we had the same jokes, the same premise. Every time we saw Ava, every time we saw Augie, yeah. that that needs to be left away. But we can see, yeah. I definitely want to see more Doi. Because Doi's a dynamic character. First of all, Doi had an arc. Doi did have an arc. <laughs> no, he what? I, well, I, Doi I was afraid of Topanga, and then by the end of the episode, he was facing her head on and not crying. Wait, Doi had no. an arc. Doi. <laughs> I didn't actually get <laughs> did like, I didn't I didn't see the tag because it got oh, oh well that's that's got. his arc. So he fights her. Yeah, in a battle. Yeah. Uh, street no, well style. across the table. So she's just like, I made a four hundred pound man uh, confess today, which really bothers me with the continuity of her lawyer profession. But anyways, um, you think I can't take you? And then he, Corey's like, let the kid. It's morning at this point, and he Corey's yeah. like, let the kid go to sleep. And Doy's like, Mr. Matthews, it's okay, I got this. And he's like. And he's like, my name is Doi, 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 Doi. Well, that was the, that was the only thing <laughs> I didn't like was the the post tag after it went to the the credits when it, when it had the Michael Jacobs credit. It just on went it. Doi, 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 Doi. That's the only thing I thought was a little too much. But um, <laughs> as far as Doi goes, the only thing is we've been talking a lot about we don't need to hear the kids screaming. Um, yeah. Obviously, the scream went on a little too loud, a little too long, and it was a little too loud. But it had a different yeah. kind of function the other screams that we had a lot of trouble with i really honestly think that if the volume was toned down on this doy scream and if it was just a little bit shorter it would have not interrupted but other than that yeah. it has it definitely did not derail like other times we had kids screaming yeah. derail the show um so one thing i want to talk about before we we go out uh because I, I really don't think we talked enough about riley and lucas i don't really know what i want to say we'll but come I, back I guess, we can do the uh well one thing that no. i really liked about delivery is right when they're starting to talk about sports and she's like what do, you know what do you usually talk about your friend and he says sports and he's like do you know a little bit about sports and she's sort of nodding his head her head and he's like yeah maybe maybe like Peyton's <laughs> delivery on those lines yeah. was on point it was so good like Peyton was so funny he was so natural he's really fallen into his role of he he Peyton knows what he wants Lucas to be the like the writers have a better idea now too but Peyton has an idea of how he wants to act as Lucas he's ve- he's much more comfortable to watch on camera now so as it's funny because when he when she asked what do you usually talk about with your friends I thought his response because my friend my, th- my thought was you are my oh friends. Farkle well Farkle is his only friend so I thought he was gonna say you yeah. <laughs> that would have been another good that joke that would have been good yeah, because I thought they might have gone for a farm joke too. Well, well, also okay. So two questions: my, my smaller question and a bigger question, which is, do you like that they're really pushing the sports thing with him? 
And my bigger question is, how do you once after this episode, how do you feel about Rukus? Because obviously we were very negative about Rukus before now. How how are you feeling about this? I like that Lucas is a round character, that he likes sports, he's awkward and, you know, can be vulnerable around girls, that he sort of gave into peer pressure, which isn't a, like at least in the middle of the episode, which isn't a totally Lucas thing. Yeah. And, well, Darby you know, is a force to be reckoned with, so. <laughs> this is true. So, yeah, so we have sports, school, you know, his issues with girls, you know, kind of peer pressure. So he's actually a normal guy now. Yeah, I, it's still, I'm okay it with still it. does kind of bother me that how big of a deal he made out of everything in Smackle, and then he just suddenly was actually the thing that everybody. Well, to that end, so, well, no, so we know that he, he plays He wanted baseball. to say that he wasn't just yeah, he wasn't just sports. Yeah. People look at him and he and they just see what's on the surface. That was the whole thing in Smackle. It's like he can have this thing, but that's not that's all. To that him. that is not how it came yeah. across at all. And I, I know that you can you can your revisionist history and make it we seem had this, like that's We had this said, discussion but... before. We can go back. Yeah. We had this discussion <laughs> yeah, at okay, least twice before. Yeah, I haven't before. seen Smackle in a while. Yeah. I'm trying to remember the Smackle, message. Smackle, it seemed like he was talking. He didn't care about sports, and then we found out that he actually played it. We yeah. had this discussion before. But moving on, what redeems yeah. that for me was the fact Sorry. that, yes, we know <laughs> that he plays sports in some capacity. Fine, maybe he talks sports with friends. But what, I mean, he was on the baseball team right. with Billy. But what redeems it, it yeah. seems like in the end, he was left kind of speechless in the way that he realized he was almost out of his league and that yeah, Riley knows yeah. more than him. And I think that yeah, is yes. what redeems it because maybe, maybe he does talk sports. Maybe he, maybe he even doesn't. Maybe that was him. Well, that's the nervous thing that he blurted out to sound funny yeah. and then was just kind of shot down. And maybe the reason that he said that, oh, I, li- I like you, is not because, oh, because we both like sports and that's what a man needs is a woman who likes sports. It was more that, yeah. look at you taking control. Yes. Yeah. No, I, I, I definitely and, and saw look, it that way. And me, my feeling is like, no matter what he was talking about, look at you being so passionate about yeah. something. Yes. And that, like, and like, that's like the most passionate we've seen her be about anything. Uh, and whoa, that's whoa, awesome. whoa. <laughs> uh, Grapes Day? Hello. Okay. Well, but that's like, that's like more like, I'm a peppy, energetic, like, that's not like deep. This is like, I am deeply focused and like, this is important. And, and like, not just like a quirky, silly thing. So, so I'm not, not that I did, not that I dislike Grapes Day. I just, to me, this is really a great Damn. moment for her that not only is it great re- gender representation, it's really just great for a character moment. And, and it uh, gives Lucas more depth that the thing that he likes yeah. about Riley isn't a, even a stereotypical female thing or isn't what Keith was saying, like a man needs a, a woman yeah. that like, can sit by his side on the couch on Sunday or whatever. It's, you know, it was just something about her that she was really passionate about. And that yeah. and that's something, and Lucas wants that about her. He wants her to have drive. Like, and so that yeah. gives Lucas a lot more depth too. Like they I would also... actually had chemistry going. <laughs> I would argue that it's also by far the best Boy Meets World reference we've ever gotten because it's because it doesn't make a big deal out of it because it clearly is a reference to the the base the bat the basketball sock throwing thing with Corey right. and Topanga and the and co- my, color commentary. And, yeah, and and so that's very clearly a reference if you're a big Boy Meets World fan, but it would in no way even remotely feel like a reference if you didn't know that scene, and so it's just like. And it's not even just like, we're going to do a reference because references are funny. It's just like, this is smart. And I, I think that it worked really well. Mm-hmm. The other reference that was um, interesting was the try again. 
Um, what was that? I forget what that was, was. There was a back and forth between uh, Riley and Lucas oh, where they yeah. were saying when they were going through, oh, like, yeah, yeah. oh, I'll, I'll do this for you because that seems what right. Try again. Yeah. Oh, because I really want to. That reminded yeah. me of, I think maybe season six, season seven. I think it might have been seven. It was when Corey got a job and was telling Topanga about it. And she's like, oh. Oh, like she was like, oh. Like, Sean's like, try again. Oh. Not as good <laughs> or something like that. Probably yeah, no, I, I totally remember what you're talking about. Also, uh, first of all, quick set change for the bakery. Yeah, I oh, thought it yeah. was the library before they showed the sign. <laughs> in, in the very quick scene where they just showed them there and then like went to commercial break, I was like, are they in yeah. the library? They're just sitting in chairs? What's? Uh, it's like the two-story Starbucks in Harvard Square. Let's let's hold off. I, I have a lot to say about this set and and the fact that the, it's called Topanga's yeah. now and everything. Let's save this for a future well, episode. Well, this, is, this, is the new, this is the that. new Gravity revisit episode, Revisited episode that we'll come back to. Yeah. One more thing I wanted to say about the bakery, though, is that <laughs> new NYU students... And middle school students think it's the cool place to hang. <laughs> just saying. <laughs> That's not super crazy. I just but think we'll, it's we'll, silly. we'll come back to that. Um, but I, you guys, I mean, I guess you sort of responded to the whole how do you feel about Rukus going forward, but do you have anything else you want to say? That I think I, what's it, interesting about it is not that they set it up to go forward. It's that they set it up in a very ambiguous place where maybe they're going forward, but maybe they're just solidifying their friendship. Because in the end, what they say is, yes, we're friends. So what it does is it, it opens it up that that's a possibility. It also keeps open with the kind of antagonism between Maya and Lucas in the classroom at the beginning, that that's still a possibility. And it's not it's not that I, it's that not that I care either way or are invested in any of those things. I just enjoy the ambiguity that is preserved. I completely disagree with you. <laughs> I don't. I mean, I don't think it's ambiguous at all. I think it's just like we're gonna. T- I think it's we're gonna take it slow. I, I think it's completely we're gonna be their big romantic couple of the series. At this point, I would actually be shocked if they went in any other direction. Uh, at which, but but I will oh. also say that at this point now, I am not that upset about it anymore because they actually have chemistry. And they finally talk to each other, <laughs> and so I, 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 they, I like them together enough now that I'm not that upset about it. But I would be pretty shocked if they went in a different direction at this mm. point. I find that surprising because I really thought that that was the way that they're, they're giving this, you know, they're giving the color to the situation, but leaving it just open enough. No, I, I think it's just that they they don't want to go full steam into where they're in a romantic. To me, I mean, I've watched a lot of, of sitcoms and a lot of shows with will there, won't they? And you know, we were we 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 talked a lot about how when you do a good will there, won't they? There's something standing in their way, and it's not just two people really like each other and they want to be together. You know what, Dan? There's there's Dan. I bet you a pineapple. Right here now, I bet you a pineapple that by the end of season two, because of the things they left open in this episode, something will be injected where there will be some feelings or hints of feelings revealed that there's something between Maya and Lucas. I will, okay, I will not take that bet, but I will bet you that by the end of the series that Lucas and Riley will be together. Are we still betting the the What the hell are you... Yes arguing then I, I, okay i'm not i'm not saying that there won't be t- many twists and turns that nobody sees coming <laughs> <laughs> i'm just arguing that i think that, that it's setting them up as they are the main couple OTP. I, i'm like I, 
So, so I, I didn't actually get to finish what I was what I was saying. Which, as far as that, to me, this just this just seems as that this is the they're giving a conflict, and the conflict is that they're not ready for it, and that they're nervous and they're awkward, and so that's what's going to separate them, so that they don't actually have to go into the relationship. The couple isn't the couple everybody wants together isn't in a relationship, and how that's not as interesting once they're in a relationship, because usually people get like the shippers get bored once they're actually in a relationship, mm-hmm. and so for me it's like oh they're only in eighth grade, we don't really want to deal with this yet. Maybe th- maybe season three they'll actually be together. Whereas season two now we can sort of you can have her like someone else or him like someone else and that can be sort of fun and there'll be little moments and they'll probably share another kiss or something uh, but not until season three will they actually get together because we're not ready for that until high school and, and I think that that's I'm, I'm I'm on board with that whole journey and I think it's good because I don't, I don't really want them to go full steam ahead into boyfriend girlfriend. Uh, but I definitely, that's the feel. That's the trajectory. I'm not convinced of that's the, the way case. that I'm taking Rukus right now is basically it's one of the first things of Nomi's world where I'm just totally ready for the ride and the journey, and I just kind of want to yeah. see how it plays out. Honestly, I'm mm. not going to make any bets right now because I just want to, you know, <laughs> see. I want to see how it plays out. It's not because I think one way or the other. It's just kind of like this is the first thing that I'm actually thinking. You know, just this can organically fold out. Yeah. Well, uh, so I also say this is one of those things where if I'm completely wrong right now, I'll be happy. If I'm not wrong, (laughs) I'll still be happy. So I, 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 that's really great. And, uh, I, 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 I do want to just, I, as far as forget, okay, forget about the future. If, if this did happen, given this episode, would you now be more, more okay with it than you were before this episode? What happened that there was a setup as OTP? yeah. Yes, definitely compared yes. to how it was before, but yeah. not not as a full resolution as it summed up all the issues and took care of them. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I just want to point out how big of a deal this is that, that Caitlin just said yes, that she could be okay with Rukas. I <laughs> mean, not over Raya, obviously. Yes. Never over Raya. Obviously. But, yes. but if in the very, very end... You know, yes. after all the twists and turns that nobody saw coming, <laughs> that Rukas was a thing, and not even a solidified married thing, because I don't want that actually. Yeah. Um, but was just, you know, either a committed relationship or like they were on again, off again in later seasons or something like that. Yeah. And then it kind of closed off with them trying to be on again. I wouldn't have a, and that doesn't mean i want a whole big on again off again thing either i just want something more natural see i just yeah. i really do believe there's something inherent in the character of lucas for a big switch of expectation whether it's mm. who he ends up with or what his orientation is there's something inherent in his character that we've established now because we have this enigma around him, but we're also enjoying him more and more as an awkward character. So we're starting to believe in him more. So we're at this crucial point where we're definitely, we're supposed to find something out about him. Well, we're right. going to find out a big thing next episode. So this is a good I, conversation wonder, for tomorrow. And I wonder, <laughs> I wonder, I, I almost am starting I to believe. Her. If you asked me last week, if I thought the twist was going to be interesting with Lucas, I would have mm-hmm. said no. Having watched these first two episodes of the season, I'm kind of expecting something good. Yeah. 
We'll see what happens. Oh, All right. Well, we'll yeah. Don't we'll, let we'll, us we'll, down, Girl Meets World writers. Yes. <laughs> Tune in tomorrow night to see if it was good. Yes. All right. So I'm going to do the sort of litany of where to check us out. Uh, man, we went on for a while. Oh, yeah. This, this is worse yeah, than we <laughs> Hope you enjoyed it. Um, We're so check- sorry. <laughs> okay. So if you have feedback on this episode or Gravity, the best thing to do is to send us an email uh, at Girl Meets, not Girl Meets World, at GMWpodcast at gmail.com and put the subject. Oh, I mean, you can put in the subject either the episode that you want to talk about, or if you just want to talk about multiple episodes, feel free to do that too. But just as far as we don't want tons and tons of tweets and stuff that we're going to have to go back and find in, during our hiatus episodes. Um, so emails are the best thing to do, but obviously, obviously follow us on Twitter at GMWpodcast. Check out our YouTube thing, GMWpodcast. Uh, please rate us and review us on iTunes. That would be smashing. Anyone that and, sends uh, in an email with the subject line, Dan is a jerk, I will email. Gets them. a pineapple. <laughs> <Or> <laughs> get a, uh, a pretend signed autograph emailed to them of the cast giving thumbs up. <laughs> the cast of us, of other podcasts. He doesn't follow through on things like that. He never even did the album art for this it's You're true. supposed to do that a long time ago. Yeah. All right. Guys, so, the album art was going to be totally different. Oh, and I totally wanted, I just wanted to do a shout out to Josh from uh, the the Girl Meets World podcast because he sent us a very nice email that I totally wanted to read today, but now we've gone on so long that I'll probably hold it for another time. But thank you, Josh. Josh, we're sorry uh, we suck. <laughs> but I read and, it and it was very sweet, so thank you very much. It's pronounced harsh. Of course. <laughs> All right. Thank you guys for listening. And as always, do remember to dream, try, do good, class, class dismissed, dismissed. always last.